Hey, how's it going? This is Tyler Murphy, and you're listening to the Montana Gallery Podcast. This week on the show, I, uh, I sat down yesterday with my friend Mary-Kate, and uh, just had a nice little conversation, caught up on uh, a few things. She's a photographer here in Billings, a cinematographer, a poet, a... She's doing some really cool drawings, uh, and I'm filling them in, I think... Uh, well, she's turning turning some of these drawings into um, T-shirt designs, actually. And um, I have some of her work in the gallery. I've got currently, I just have one of her photographs of a bison, and we had that as part of our Yellowstone show. Um, I've kind of followed her photography for a couple years now, and. Uh, just have been really impressed with all the different content that she puts out there. So if you're uh, interested in in checking out her work, uh, I think just type in Mary-Kate Teske on Instagram or uh, check out her website, MaryKateTeske.com. I don't remember if we go over that in the podcast, in the conversation or not. And um, so I'll cut to that here in a sec. Before I do, I got an uh, email from my friend, uh, that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, I thought it was kind of funny. I guess yeah, I'm trying to remember maybe if this ties into something from a previous podcast, but she just says that she was researching artists' schedules, uh, parenthetically, while avoiding painting, and came across this article. It reminded me of our Oh, yeah, she was here a couple weeks ago, and she said it reminded me of our conversation. So, um, Oh, yeah, I think I was telling her how <laughs> somebody else emailed and said that they liked this line, that sometimes I have to um, make myself incredibly bored before I'll get to work, or, like, I have to, uh, I have to like, uh, just... Uh, do nothing for long enough to where I start to hate myself for having done nothing. And then I finally get to work on something. Um, so I think that's what I was sharing with her because I was kind of in the middle of my, uh, month, month and a half of, of kind of being a lazy person. And, uh, and then like say these last, uh, two and a half weeks, I've been working hard, painting hard. I kind of felt like that was, gonna happen and it's happening and uh, so anyways she says uh, she sent in this quote it's actually actually I'm, I'm gonna read the whole thing she just sent in part of it but I went and looked it up it's actually from Gerard Richter and he was uh, he was uh, interviewed by the New York Times it says he sticks to to a strict routine. Waking at 6.15 every morning, he makes breakfast for his family, takes Ella to school at 7.20, and is in the studio by 8. At 1 o'clock, he crosses the garden from the studio back to the house. The grass in the garden is uncut. Richter proudly points this out to show that even it is a matter of his choosing, not by chance. At 1 <laughs> That's kind of funny. Because uh, <laughs> so much... I wonder if he was... So much of his paintings is is just random chance, that, like the way things might look. Uh, that's kind of funny. Um, 
look up his work if you're not familiar with it. I, I love Gerard Richter's work. At one o'clock, he eats lunch in the dining room alone. Uh, housekeeper lays out the same meal for him each day. Yogurt, tomatoes, bread, olive, olive oil, and chamomile tea. After lunch, Richter returns to his studio to work into the evening. I have, I have always been structured, he explains. What has changed is the proportions. Now it's eight hours of paperwork and one of painting. He claims... Uh, oh, sorry. He, uh, oops. he claims to waste time on the house, the garden, although this is hard to believe. I go, I go to the studio every day, but I don't paint every day. I love playing with my architectural models. I love making plans. I could spend my life arranging things. Weeks go by, and I don't paint until finally I can't stand it any longer. I get fed up. I, <laughs> I almost don't want to talk about it because I don't want to become self-conscious about it. But perhaps I create these little crises. How do you say that? Cri is it just crisis? Or is it crises? It's spelled like crisis. Okay, anyways, I create these little crises. Uh, as a kind of a secret strategy to push myself. It is a danger to wait around for an idea to occur to you. You have to find the idea. And then the writer says, as he talks, I notice a single drop of paint on the floor beneath one of his abstract pictures, the only thing out of place in the studio. Um, well, he's a lot more organized than I am, at least with his physical space, it appears. But um, I guess I can relate to the, um, you know, you, it can be so easy to just kind of go around doing, you know, so many different little tasks, uh, doing everything but painting. <laughs> and, uh, but then, you know, you but then you kind of, Sometimes you get, then you get an idea, you get, uh, you get a vision, I guess, of, of what, what it is that you, um, of what you want to do and where you want to go. And then, and then you're able to, to really, um, get after it, at least for me that last week, uh, on the podcast, I sh shared this part where Ken and Richie and I were sitting in the pool at Chico and we were trying to answer some questions regarding uh, vision and uh, and the gallery. And uh, I I find it, I guess I, I, I at that point didn't have a really clear answer. Um, I kind of have some clear answers. Like I, I know that I want to do some shows for each, each of the artists that I represent. Um, I want to do shows for those guys. Uh, I hope to get some magazine articles on everybody and just hope to kind of up the game, um, up the professionalism at the gallery, um, keep on kind of growing here in Billings, providing great shows for whoever it is that, you know, for the Billings community. Um, but, like, what that specifically looks like, you know, I'm not exactly sure, but today I was talking with a friend on the phone, and I, um, 
I think I got a little more clarity towards that of, uh, oh, this, this specifically is what that could look like of what next year could look like. And, um, so, uh, I, I'm not going to go into that. I think I'm just going to, I'll probably talk more about it in the future, but uh, I'll probably just start doing it next year. So I, like, I'm, I'm not going to say specifically what, what I have planned for next year, but, um, we'll have, I, I can say that we, we will have, uh, a Richie show, which we mentioned. He, he proposed that to me last, on last week's podcast. And, uh, he and I, Richie and I have talked a little more about that. So that's one thing that I can say that we're doing next year. And, um, and then the other stuff is, um, I guess I guess I'm not sure that I've hit on um, a for sure plan, but I it's I can feel it all clicking into place in my mind a little bit right now, and uh, really it just it took a lot of. I was talking with my friend Koala on the phone today, and um, really just rambling in lots of different directions, and um, she's so kind to just sit and listen and. Uh, let me, uh, let me ramble to her. And, uh, that actually really helps to be able to, to talk with somebody and, and really, you know, kind of just start talking in different, uh, talking around different areas, different ideas. And, um, yeah, I think I, I think I might've hit on something today. So anyways, that'll become maybe more clear, uh, and I'll share more of it as, uh, as time goes on. Uh, all right. I've rambled long enough to you guys here. I really enjoy this conversation with Mary Kate. I think I've just asked her, um, we're going to jump part way into the conversation. And I think I've just asked her, um, what she's been, what she's been interested in lately, kind of where her curiosity has been taking her. So I'll talk to you next week. Or what, what are you what are you excited about? I don't know. Like right I've now? been watching a lot of like old, oh, like. I mean, I'm I'm watching BoJack Horseman a lot. Okay. <laughs> so that would be my answer. Sure. Right now. Like, yeah. My curiosity led me to I've watching, been watching a TV a bunch show. Of old horror movies. Okay. Can't get out of this grind. Like horror <laughs> movies and like Thirty Six Chamber and like Bloodsport and weird karate movies and I just dumb eighty stuff. I've just been in this weird. Yeah forever though like it's not like this is a phase anymore i'm like noticing that and i'm like oh i kind of want to watch some of that like i've never watched any david lynch films but dude the first time i okay can i talk about weed on here sure the first time i got stoned i was at some random apartment i think i was with pierre hart and ryan nagley and i don't even it was in olympic village and so that for me is weird because like i lived there a long time ago and had to share a room with my brother and my sister and like being back there for the first time in like one of those apartments because they're all the same. I was like, oh, this is weird. Like I've been here before, like, ah. And then they started, everyone started like smoking and I was like, okay, I guess this is happening. And right when you notice and you're like feeling the effects, uh-huh. uh, I like look at it and I'm like, I wrote a poem or something and I referenced to that experience as like, 
referencing to my third eye and like how it spun like a top or something. I can't remember my direct <laughs> okay. lyrics, but I was like, and, and Eraserhead was on the screen and like. And is, is Eraserhead? A David, David Lynch, Lynch movie, film? yeah. Okay. Um, but I had never seen David Lynch until that moment and just that experience on top of being stoned for the first time and it's just strange. What got you into, or why do you think you're drawn to 80s films? My dad and my mom, mm. for sure. Okay. That's literally all they watch. Still. Really? They watch, like, all their stuff. My dad's really into, like, superhero movies now and Hallmark, which is great. But, like, his old stuff is so good. Like, uh, he got me into The Last Starfighter, for instance, which is one of my favorite kind of fantasy movies, I guess. It's about this alien thing stuff. Um, but this guy grows up in a trailer park, and he plays this video game and it's The Last Starfighter, and it's a simulation of what you would have to do actually fighting in space against, like, Emperor Zorg or whatever, and, oh, this kid wait, wins. Wait, 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 Emperor Zorg? I think, I can't that, remember that, his isn't name. Isn't he the bad guy in Buzz Lightyear's universe? No, I don't know. Toy Stories? Zorg? I, I have no idea. Okay, sorry. It's something, but, okay. yeah, for instance, and he wins this, like, simulation, and anyway, he's in his trailer, and this alien comes and gets him, and is, like, throwing him into... This new like thing he has to literally go and fight in this last starfighter battle. And, oh, okay. Um, so he, wait, just I'm weird sorry. stuff like so wait, that. Wait, wait. So in the movie, he he's playing a video game, and then it actually like comes. It's tr comes because tr he beats the high score and he beats the game basically. Oh, I see. So he passes the simulation test or whatever, and okay. come to find this I guy, see. this alien uh, has put all these like simulation all games on a, a bunch of different planets just to pull in like. Okay. Anyway, it's weird. Right. It's All weird right. stuff. But that's the kind of my yeah. Anyway, that's like one of my dad's movies. Yeah. And oh god, I made Sawyer watch Over the Top the other day, which is with this Sylvester Stallone and uh -huh. he's this arm wrestling truck driver, and just like weird stuff like that. And he has to win this arm wrestling competition to oh, win back man. his son. Like, Oof. dude. Yeah. So anyway. The I mean, the, do you actually the like them? Or, oh, or I love it. I love it so much. It's just like so awful. But that kind well, of humor, like not watching it, watching it ironically is like mostly why I like these things. Okay. Yeah. But like a David Lynch film is mm -hmm. actually a really it's good. good. Yeah. Oh, totally. Film. Good yeah. stuff that I'm into, like Wind Wonders, Wings of Desire. Um, okay. On an older note, like Frank Capra. Um, Raised up on Hitchcock, like I've watched all those classics and like I know yeah, good I gotta movies in, too. Yeah, I gotta get into watching some of that stuff. I want to show you something after this. Yeah. Um, there's a philosopher named Slavoj Žižek that I like. Can that you say has that again? Slavoj Žižek. Slavoj Žižek. <laughs> and he's got um, he's got a couple different films that are um, pretty interesting, where he basically reviews movies from the past and cool. and draws out psycho psychoanalytic insights mm -hmm. from them totally uh which are really really interesting uh, dude yeah i think that stuff's pretty interesting too sorry i was just thinking of like tennessee williams um gosh what is that one with marlon brando and um damn some like it hot no is it some like it hot i can't remember what it is but anyway, I was reading the backstory to, like, Tennessee Williams' like psychology behind making it, and it's literally about, like, this queer guy that can't come out as queer, so him and his wife, like, 
don't know. So anyway, like watching all this stuff. So, just wait, wait, wait. Can you continue with that? Uh, why? Well, but just because you you started and then you. And he can't like be with his wife anymore, and like I don't know. There's okay. just some stuff in there that's like very deep okay. themes, very deep. Um, and okay. watching that stuff with my grandparents was just weird because it's like older films but they're still referencing very subtly like all this really crazy stuff and it just goes with this silence almost you yeah. know yeah i don't know so like that's zizek goes over a lot of hitchcock and hmm. uh stanley kubrick and cool. uh who, who did oh uh david lynch and hmm. a few scorsese Films from like the 70s and 80s, like Taxi sure. Driver. Nowadays, though, like one of my favorite directors is Tarantino for sure. Mm. Big time. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how. I guess I have. His storytelling and like yeah. humor, I find witty, mm -hmm. more or less. And like gore is not. I love it, kind of. So. Yeah. All of it just, I did like. And the I did like Kill Bill. He loves like. Oh man! I like all Kill of the Bill, Kill Bills are so good. Bastards. Death, uh, Death Proof. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that one. Ooh, that's another one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You should watch um, him and oh, man. What is that other director's name? Damn it! Oh, the Guerrero or yeah, Starrera. something. Yeah, it's got. It was like a double feature yeah, thing, right? That when thing is worth watching. Death, you should check that out. Death, I thought Death Proof was the other guy, and then and no, Tarantino. Tarantino's Death, Death Proof. Death Proof. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then oh, it was like the girl who had like the shotgun for a yes. leg or something. <laughs> oh my gosh! So good. Okay, all right. So tell us, since we're talking about film a little bit, tell us a little bit about the kind of film, uh, film things that you've had your hand in um, the things that you've made backseat sessions i guess okay tell Just, us a little bit about that uh the the series that kind of spawned from Allie and i smoking weed on the rims and she was in the backseat <laughs> playing the guitar and i had my camera on me because i always have my camera on me basically and uh -huh. i started just filming her because she was singing a new song and i was like oh hell yeah and we looked back at it and i was like oh that'd be kind of cool to continue and okay i didn't really like it getting into it i guess i just wasn't convinced more or less because I've seen like bullshit out of the back pe of people's cars or like co uh, comedians getting coffee in cars and all those dumb things that I just uh, like grit my teeth at. You don't, you don't I hate like that stuff in cars? so much. Wow. Oh, it just really irks me. I don't know why, but I've hated all that stuff, all the interviews in cars and I just, I don't know. Half, half my podcast is like something about it that I just <laughs> I like. See, and that's fine because it's like not visual, but I don't want to look at people driving around talking in a car. I don't know, more or less. Just the way that it's shot is just not mm. pleasing. Okay. The general content, I feel, could be done better. Okay. I don't know. That's just, but podcast is chill because you're just having a conversation. And yeah. I don't know. Visually, though, for me, I'm just like, ah, oh, there's so much more to do than this, I guess. Yeah. Give me one second. I want to turn off the air. Yeah. Here, just turn on. That'll 
will turn off in a second. But also, that opinion might just be me like criticizing their work, I guess, and like finding flaws in it, and like not wanting to compare myself to like those people, and like I don't know. Psychologically, I'm just like I just know I don't like it, so I'm just okay. It was a good thing to like do, and I'm happy that I did it because I got to meet interesting artists and like kind of create something but yeah. figuring how out many something of, out I how guess. many of those backseat sessions did you film i think like 10 15 did i do really? more i feel like you did more than that but. i don't know something like that okay um and yeah i just like think that i can do better so i'm not disproving my work i think it's all good and i think all the artists that joined and like did everything was incredible like that is more what I wanted to not exploit. That's not a right word because I don't want to get anything from it. I just want to like show off these awesome artists in the community. Yeah, yeah. And that was like my way of doing it. But I just hate that platform, I guess, nowadays. Like I want them to be themselves in their own environment and not oh, in the nice. of my car kind of. Like, yeah. Kind of do more stuff like the Trash Talk interview series, I guess, that okay. we're starting. Which I need to refine and figure out more, but I like the direction it's going is just interviewing artists in their studios or their bedroom and while the video is going on, uh, showing glimpses of their work, um, just to draw oh, an yeah. interest like and that. asking just very like, obs like weird questions, kind of, if I can. Uh, yeah, just do, shit do that's not normal. Okay, do you yeah. have any... Have you been writing down weird questions, or no, are you hoping it'll like, come to you? No, I just like think it'll moment? happen, and it has kind of happened too. Like just interesting conversations, or yeah, you know, that stuff just naturally progresses. I think, yeah. But so yeah, I did uh, interview with Natalie Myers, uh, Sam French, and then Ellen Coons, and I've been kind of piecing together the chunks and editing some stuff. So so I think I'm gonna do more of like that direction and then I did uh, Bull Market's Rash video. I did some filming for that and then Ernov K did like the manipulation. It's kind of like psych psychedelic, weird, VHS type, I don't know, visual. Have you seen it? No. Okay. So yeah, he. I'll send it to you later. Where is some of this stuff? On YouTube. Under Mary-Kate? Yeah. Mary-Kate I'll send you some links. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if people want to... Oh, also. yeah. Mary-Kate Tesky, I think, is just what I... On YouTube? Mm -hmm. And it's is linked it, is through that my website, on... too. If you find my website, you can find my, like, okay. YouTube. MaryKateTesky.com? Yeah. And then, uh, will some of that stuff go, like, be on Waste Division as well? Yes, and I'm going to add that stuff to, like, my website, too. That's kind of what I was saying, like, mm -hmm. refining it and putting more stuff up. Yeah, so things will be there. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'd like to do more music videos and then kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Just like get some good interviews with artists and then kind of do these identity pieces with people I think in the community would be cool. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I think that there's um, a need for that. And nobody's doing it yeah. yet. And, uh, Especially here. And it seems like somebody probably will eventually. I feel like I am. Yep. And so here I am, I guess. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but yep. I just want to do more of it. And it just takes time and like a lot of 
money on my end and effort and stuff sometimes to like do it yeah but the the more that like you become the common denominator amongst a whole bunch of different creative people the mm. more uh people get to know who you are yeah you know and totally and there's so many opportunities i think in life to to be that for people to just to like see how you can link people together totally yeah and i think that's one reason i really haven't left is just because the community here and the networking and i just feel like i'm just drawn to everything kind of going on here the fact that it is so um just kind of on its own like we're I know we're connected to like some people in California and like other places, but like literally we're kind of the only ones here doing this kind of stuff, yeah. I guess, in this region or area. Yeah. So. What do you, who, it just what do you mean California? Or like, I don't know, like we've got friends and stuff, different places and oh. visit different places yeah. and go certain areas. Like I have a bunch of Portland friends and people elsewhere, but like primarily like the stuff that influences me is stuff here and like Mm -hmm. I've been noticing that for a pretty good long time and I don't know I don't really want to start over anywhere else so that's the reason that I've stuck around and like it's cool to see like the ideas that come from just knowing people so well I guess yeah that's something that's really like drawn me to question like what I do want to know about certain people in the community and why I would ask them these questions or want to film it or want Mm -hmm. to share like Mm -hmm. not like kind of pinpointing what people have to offer but just noticing what has affected me too just because of like time spent here and like artists that I've literally just I don't know like Ellen for me has been an awesomely just uh, I just look at her work and like have seen it for years and just have always loved how she's pushed boundaries and really just pushed boundaries with herself and her work and that's really just kind of what I want to do too Mm -hmm. Um, and so it wasn't even a question that I would want to like interview her like I don't know so just like seeing things like that pop up yeah it's kind of cool when I'm analyzing my own work I guess is like why I would want to do something like that Mm -hmm. that's been on my mind a lot lately too I don't know, do you ever get that way when you're painting something, like why you would want to? I mean, obviously you're doing a lot of place, so just more or less is like, you're literally experiencing the spot, of course I want to paint it, like, you know, like. Yeah, I think the why for me is constantly changing, Mm -hmm. and like, so I'm trying to think what it is right now. I think I'm, I'm pretty interested in I'm, I'm interested in seeing how, how well I can develop, like, just kind of my technical skills as a painter yeah. currently. Uh, another thing that I want to show you is, oh, I'll show you, I've got this colored pencil set. Oh, it yeah, you did in, show me the integrity. The psychology of color. Yeah. I think about that a lot, too, though. Designing something is like kind of, I don't know, yeah. it's metaphysical meaning to me, more oh, or less, okay. or to everything. Don't you do that when you're like looking at an image and 
like choosing colors or palettes or yeah i think sometimes i'm not fully aware mm -hmm. of like i can't articulate why i'm sure. drawn to the thing exactly or why i'm um this learning about the psychology of color a little yeah. bit i'm i'm going i'm starting to think about the paintings that i create mm -hmm. and like there you know they've got light blue and here let's just see what it says about light blue it says light blues light blue is inescapably the color of a clear morning sky with a cool hint perhaps of the north or the mountainside it's a color of being active it's undaunted, undaunted, cheerful, ready to get up on and face all the things you've been putting aside. Shadows, confusion, doubts, and second thoughts go into hiding when light blue appears. It's never cruel, just filled with breezy goodwill. It's, it is logical, clear. It admires the simple, straightforward statement. It wants you to tidy your desk. And so <laughs> I think that maybe that's, I paint a lot, like just looking around the gallery, I'm like, wow, I paint a lot of light blue totally. stuff. And I'm wearing all light I blue. I notice that too, especially with Frank. Like I have a lot of things that are Frank colored. Like, right, you're wearing? Dude, yeah, so everywhere. There's maybe something, you know, like green. It's kind of a mix mm -hmm. of green and light blue. Yeah. The light green is sanity and light mm -hmm. blue is clarity. And like, totally. maybe there's... I, I'm, I wonder if I am drawn to those things because I have enough chaos and disruption. Like I have an excess of yeah. kind of my mind is chaotic and, and everything. But when I paint a nice light blue well, this landscape is your or whatever. escapism is just like you projecting. And so like, yeah, I think it's natural, if, especially if you enjoy like what you're doing, which you obviously do. Like, yeah. I think it'd be natural to paint that color that you most naturally feel like at yeah. ease with essentially yeah well and and so oftentimes with landscape painting you are going to have a lot of blue yeah um, just because when you go outside the sky influences so much totally. out of the color itself but um so that... no, now that you say it though i'm like looking at all your pieces <laughs> it's so funny but like that's kind of the point though is like finding that color that palette and like creating things kind of yeah. under that and making that your signature more or less well i bring i brought that up this this whole thing about the colored pencils and the color just to say that right now i'm paying more attention to that concept and and, and thinking about this as i'm creating my work mm -hmm and kind of thinking about some of my friends and their lives and their houses and what is it that I think that they might totally kind of desire yeah. to have in their lives. Yeah. Um, I'm specifically thinking of a couple who I just went to their house and you know, it's a re it's a really nice remodeled place and it's really clean and perfect and tidy. And they, I know that they need, they're going to end up buying, I, I don't know if it's whether it'll be from me or somewhere, but they'll have some piece of art, but it's going to be like one piece of art. Mm -hmm. And okay, what size about? All right, probably about you know twenty four by thirty or ish. Yeah. And what's the kind of thing that I bet that they want? And I I think it will be something kind of simple. Yeah. Clear, straightforward. Um, not overly busy, not any bright like reds or 
oranges or anything that's too flashy because mm -hmm. you kind of want I think that they with their house are wanting to create a calming yeah you know space and so I'm kind of thinking about all of that hi guys how are you Good. I'm gonna use the restroom really quick. Okay, we'll be right back. Take a pause. And we're back. You got yourself a little uh, chai tea latte. Chai tea latte. With almond milk. Nice. Because okay, so we uh, left off talking about the psychology of color, but what was the, the question you asked me was why. Why I am I like? I spent too long. Why am I doing, or why am I creating the things that I'm creating? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, like I don't know. I was just kind of talking about how like naturally, natural questions in my mind about like people that I hang out with or you know friends that are artists and stuff, like kind of creates natural projects. Oh know? yeah. Or like yeah, like I don't know. Do you ever like? Cause I know you hang out with Ken and Richie and you guys go plein air painting a lot. Um, how does your work kind of like, you get commissions too, right? So you get like I do, kind of told to paint something more or less? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. That's cool. Like I'm not saying like that's pretty awesome. But like, do you find that work less satisfying or more satisfying when you go out like plein air painting and you're like looking for a place that like resonates with you more or less or like an angle or I don't know. What do you? Yeah, I appreciate this kind of this question because this is something I've been kind of wanting to maybe say on the podcast a little bit, and that's that lately I have had uh, two different commission projects. Um, one I was able to do really fast and mm -hmm. it, it, it was an easy, easy one. This other one has been kind of a weight on my shoulders and I think that, uh, I think what, what holds me back with it is um, fear of letting the person down, let, of, fear of the person who has commissioned it, mm -hmm. not liking the work. Sure. So even though there's a nice pay payoff at the end of it, yeah. and I could use that, mm -hmm. it actually is messing me up because I'm afraid of that final reveal to the client. And then there's that moment of, do they like it? Do they not like it? Mm -hmm. And that, the fear of that going poorly yeah. has kept me from being able to be productive in other ways. Mm -hmm. And so actually lately I've been feeling a lot lighter about the whole thing because I knocked out the one commission that was the big abstract painting that I drove down to Omaha last week. Sure. Got that out of the way. That one was easy um, to deal with. Um, it was just a matter of doing it. It wasn't, I, and if they didn't like it, it it's an, you know, it's just a big abstract painting, so I don't care mm -hmm. about that. Because that's not and your style? It, they just need somebody to make the thing. It's gotcha. not really even, there's not like a much artistic uh, creativity. There's not a lot of creativity coming sure. coming to the project from me. I mean, it's just, this mm -hmm. is a thing I can do and I did it. Yeah. 
Um, but this other stuff requires a lot of skill and decision making and what exactly am I going to paint? It's on a person's property. It's on the property that this guy grew up on. So there's a lot of history that he brings to his viewing experience of the work. And so that it's like, that kind of creates a lot of anxiety within me mm-hmm. going, this place means a lot to this guy. And if <laughs> Do you feel though that you should kind of be taking it as an honor? Oh yeah, totally. But the, but I still can't get around. That doesn't. I I still. No, and uh, that that's good. I hate that you feel that way though, because like I don't know, if he cares so much about it, like you get to paint like a painting, and like I know it doesn't cause stress yeah. and anxiety. And, and it. I, and I think just it, because I think you care too, like you want to match that guy's like, not that. He, you can yeah. match his care but like you want to put that much effort into like creating something good yeah and like images and paintings are like not transferable until like you can get something out and i think like what he has in his head potentially could be different than what you have in your head and like i understand that like conflict but i don't know how do you deal with that do you just create like a bunch of pieces well i was saying that i've been feeling a little lighter lately because as soon as I got this other commission done in Omaha, I actually mm-hmm. reached back out to him and just caught back up with him and sent him images of what I've created so far. Mm-hmm. And so I, I've got the ball rolling again on it. And it fe- I feel a lot lighter having sort of addressed the, sort of opened the closet to the thing that I wasn't really wanting to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the thing I've been avoiding yeah. in my life of, uh, okay, I know I should be doing that. I should be working on this commission, getting that done. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm just going to go do these other paintings or whatever. I'm just going to go busy myself in this other way sure. right now. Yeah. I think that we tend to do that a lot in life. There's always, there's usually something that I'm like, I don't want to look at that thing. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> I totally do. Yeah. Especially, oh man. Like when I have like a wedding or some editing like big thing looming yeah. over me, I'm like, no, <laughs> no, like I don't want to like, I'm going to just like uh, pretend I paid a bill yeah. and yeah, I don't know. And so I think for me, one of the things that made that a little lighter too is just realizing, okay, why, why is it that I don't want to, to look at this thing? Mm-hmm. And I, the, the thought that I have is, oh, I'm afraid of this guy not liking what I, what I create. Sure. You know, I'm afraid of that rejection. Mm-hmm. Well, just identifying that, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Okay, he looks at this and he's, he goes, Tyler, you, this, I don't want this on my wall. Okay, like, and so maybe almost not, like going, playing through that scenario and mm-hmm. realizing I will still be alive at the end of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> my life will still go on. I do that too. <laughs> so, okay. Now, you know, just yeah. call him and, you know, catch up and. Dude, communication right. is like the biggest thing I've been figuring out is just mm-hmm. like literally telling people where you're at and mm-hmm. talking about things. And mm-hmm. like, it makes it less daunting and like that flow of communication or just like, yeah. I don't know. It even helps with even, things that. What? Even potentially me expressing my fear to this guy of yeah. like, I'm afraid that you might not like what I've created. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind and of. I think it just has to say like, 
you're telling the truth. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's good. I think it's good to like, again, just like keep that yeah. flow of communication open and especially with stuff that matters. Like, yeah, yeah I don't think it's more of like, uh, not precaution or safety, but just like a sure footing, I guess. Mm -hmm. But this experience has left me thinking every time I say yes to a project like that, mm -hmm. it kind of, it, it, it does kind of get in the way of me being able to give myself fully to whatever other things that I am more interested in. Yeah. So yeah, that's like the saying yes to this commission is sure money, but it takes away from my capacity, my, my intellectual uh, space mm -hmm. uh, that I have to pursue the shows and, and things like that around the country. I understand that. Like for me, I get drawn into doing stuff that pays obviously other than like my personal projects or gigs. And so I have to put off a bunch of like my personal stuff. Yeah. I've gotten just like a big habit of just making lists and notes and just like literally logging ideas because like you can see something in your head and at least for me like an idea will pop up and I'll like think about it enough to like create this thing that I'm like okay I'll just get to it at some point like I can visually remember it in my mind I just need like a, a mental note or some list name or something just to like trigger that again and then I can jump in and like create it after putting it off for however long to get like other stuff done is that how you kind of get with that, I guess? Well, well, what I was just gonna say is like, I think I'm gonna try to not say yes to commissions anymore mm -hmm. and trust that I'm smart enough. And, to sell your own stuff? Trust in my own abilities totally. to create shows, to create ways that I, that, that the gallery can mm -hmm. pay rent without me needing to say yes to Totally. Stressful commissions. Yeah, and I think that's where I'm trying to get to. Like, I would love to just sell prints off of my photography or, like, I don't know, my shirts or postcards or just stuff. Like, yeah. I would love to just support myself off yeah. of that, too, because... Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome to just do what you want, kind of. Yeah. Because what I've found with the gallery is every time we... Every time we... I go to Daniel or... And Ken and Richie and I say all right guys let's put together a show mm -hmm. what ends up happening is that ends up making more money than if I say yes to a commission and mm -hmm. the commission might take more mental bandwidth than the show totally. and it doesn't really do anything to build the brand of Montana Gallery it doesn't I'm not moving forward in any way mm -hmm. other than it just keeps me sort of it it just puts a few bucks in the bank account and keeps keeps me in the game yeah. a little bit, but it's not, I'm not necessarily progressing in the game. That's kind of how things are with me too. I mean, you yeah. know my situation. So yeah, I just like feel like it's just maintaining right now. Uh -huh. Creating new stuff, of course, but just like maintaining. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's why I think it'd be so cool to have a space and then do screen printing and develop my own film and other stuff like that. Mm -hmm. One day when the game is ours. <laughs> I don't know. It's really good. It's been great just identifying, oh, this is the thing I don't want to look at. And and then 
Yeah. And then dealing with that. Yeah. It just takes attacking it a little little by little. Yeah. And too, like, I don't know, I'm just remembering that things, like everything else, just takes time. Like, do a little bit and then a little bit. And, like, that's how I've been doing stuff that I don't want to look at, more or less, is just doing it in chunks. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) rotational chunks, because, like, there are multiple things that I don't want to look at. So I'll just go from one thing that I don't want to look at to, like, I'm just kidding. I want to look at some things, but, you know. It just builds up every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. What's the thing you don't want to look at? Those right now? trash talk interviews. Oh, I yeah. love editing them, but like I hate editing and like. You, wait, you love filming them? Is yeah. That, oh, but you I hate, hate editing. Post and like editing is just like the worst. I hate it. Post production? So much. Yeah. Editing? That's why I do film most of the time and because I like it better anyway, but. um... Physical film? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like. Even video editing and stuff sucks. Just staring at a computer and like, literally for video editing, you have to do one chunk, yeah. repeat it, yeah. in, out, in, out. I'm just like, oh, dude, well, it's so much. I'm really trying, I, I hate editing too. Yeah. With the podcast and with the different things that I've been creating, I try to just, well, I guess kind of become okay with it being whatever. Yeah. Um, and like I'm trying to learn how how can I how can I keep the editing on the backside mm-hmm. really simple totally and there you know there's I'm sure some people who have listened to the podcast for some of the episodes and then as I've changed the format of it and it's become kind of more this haphazard sort of whatever happens happens conversational, on, a, on a weekly basis yeah I'm sure that some people drop off but at the same point I'm able to put more content like out there it, though, and not stress out of listening it. myself to like Lenny and Jaxie's or Grant's yeah. it just kind of makes them personal yeah almost like yeah. you're Thanks. sitting at the table with you guys or whatever yeah mm-hmm. what um I'm trying to think if there's any questions today music maybe I don't know no, I want to ask you, like, I want to get a story out of you. Can we just Any childhood things, or like uh, school things? I told about a time, you know, when... Your roommate, Tate, I proposed to in kindergarten, and I'm so embarrassed about that. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Terry Montana. <laughs> we were learning how to... I that. Like... I'll have to yeah. talk to Tate about that. Oh, jeez. We were learning how to use change like literal pocket change like 25 cents five cents blah 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 like and so our teacher was like write letters and then you'll have to like send out your letter for the correct amount of change or whatever some shit like that i wrote tate a love note not thinking that the teacher would read my mail yeah anyway she read my mail she read my my dirty note to tate that he should marry me kindergarten embarrassment oh man i remember this one girl i had such a crush on her like uh in like kindergarten first grade second grade and then i remember that she came up and asked if i would go out with her Mm -hmm. and and i was like in second grade or something second or third grade and i just remember instantly all attraction to her like evaporated oh no and I was like, 
<laughs> I was like, I can't. My mom won't let me. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Isn't no. that awful? Yeah, that is so bad, dude. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh, that's one of those moments where you just that's talk. Sometimes, like you know, those kinds of things will come back to me. Mm-hmm. Those moments, and you're just like, oh god, oh, like I don't. I don't know. I'm just like em- yeah. embarrassed. I guess that like part of me grew up so like naive and sheltered. Okay. Just because Billings Christian was like a cult. I don't know. Like, ooh, just weird. Okay. Very tiny Christian school. Uh huh. Very like. Not incestual, but like nobody like left or came to the school, so it was like kind of the same kids that you grew up with. And not that that's a bad thing, but like just the teachings and stuff there were interesting, I guess. So like looking back at like my mentality a lot growing up to where I'm at now with my thoughts, I guess I just like am more or less embarrassed by my naive Christianity, I guess. Okay. Sheltered naive Christianity, schoolgirl. Kurt. There you go. <laughs> Kurt? Kurt. Just kidding. What's Kurt? Mark Kurt. Mark Kurt. Mark Kurt. Yep. I don't know. I don't really have oh, specific stories. Oh. That's alright. Yeah. What's next for your day? Uh, it's probably like 2. Something. Right now? I don't know. Yeah, it's like 2.30. Oh, sweet. Uh, probably just going home for a couple hours and coming back here. So, gonna go check on my cat. Okay. Well, I gotta keep on rocking and rolling on my show that's opening here real soon. I really have to, uh, I gotta put together the, uh, little flyer. And I said that last week on the podcast. Um, I still haven't done that. Uh, do rush order printing and mailing and stuff on that nice tonight Sawyer and I are carving pumpkins so oh right on yeah um I'm gonna do a shoot because my cat's a little black cat named Thumbs I don't mm-hmm. know if you know her but uh I'm gonna throw her in the backseat of my car with a skeleton a couple pumpkins Sawyer's gonna dress up as a werewolf and they'll be my cat Thumbs amidst all this stuff and then I'm gonna put just a shit ton of candy in the backseat and like it's gonna be cute. I'm gonna do a photo series. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be good. Spooky. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, you said that you were wanting some quality Halloween content. Yes. Out there in yep. the world. Yep. Okay. That's definitely quality. So we're gonna be dressing up as soy sauce and uh, sushi. I need to make my cardboard sushi roll outfit. I'm gonna just cut out a circular piece of cardboard and just paint sushi on it and then paint sushi on the back and like, I don't know, put yarn or something between it so my head can fit through and all look like sushi and, cause he gets called soy sauce all the time cause his name's Sawyer so I'm like, okay. why don't we just, anyway, <laughs> yeah, so nice. it'll be pretty funny. Awesome. But. Uh, we never really got around to talking about Frank and, and stuff but everybody who uh, who's listening, you should go check out Mary Kate's website, MaryKateTeske.com. She's got, I, I guess I first got to know about you a little bit because I saw all these photos of you and your old car, Frank, old Frank, as you call him, which yeah. is a 57 Dodge Lancer. 61. 
61? Yeah. I, <laughs> I always say like 57 Chevy Bel Air. Like, Dude, yeah. Like My sister has a 57 Chevy Bel Air. It's okay. turquoise blue that's with exactly white what I always, top. Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what I always wanted. Three on the tree, four when door. When I was a little kid. Yep, that's my sister's car. She calls it Linus. Nice. Linus, and then my brother has a 50 DeSoto called uh, Carmen. Okay. It's pretty funny. Yeah. All you Teskies driving yeah. around old cars. My dad just finished his car. He has a 31 Plymouth that he's had since high school. Wow. And he's literally spent the last eight years pulling every single part like apart and like sanding things down and redoing it and so it's been weird like literally seeing the deteriorated car for so long and now it's like this physical thing and I'm like whoa dad like killing it because <laughs> yeah. he yeah did everything to like perfection basically so looks good I don't know yeah well um I'm excited to uh uh for anybody listening to go check out the, the work that Mary Kate's doing. I think it's really amazing. And uh, I've got a few of her photographs. Or, well, I guess just one now at the gallery. Do you? The oh, buffalo. yeah, the bison. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And um, yeah. Mary Kate and I, I, I want to, I, I think I want to make a instructional video sometime but I want it yeah. and I want you to help me with it I'm down and dude definitely it'll be dude I got oh yeah I got an idea <laughs> I, I want to I was telling Mary Kate earlier I want to do a a video where I'm I it goes through the whole process of creating an exhibition and so there would be parts where we actually do go out and paint on location and there'd be some you know kind of uh, normal sort of instructional painting DVD side to it, but then there'd also be the, you know, the side of of all the social media and the and the physical mailers and hanging the show and just the whole production that goes into creating a mm-hmm. an art showcase or a art exhibition and showing the hopefully it would show that like anybody can really do this yeah um, it's a lot of work you just gotta like be ready to work that's mm-hmm. it yeah make a list of all you need to get done do it have your have your list of 100 people that you care about and then figure yeah. out something that something that uh you think they might enjoy seeing from you totally and then go do it yeah i'm stoked let's do it all right, yeah. cool. Thanks, Mary Kate. Yeah, dude. It's good talking to you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next week.